Thanks, Sam. Uh, this week on Naked Comedy, we have comedian Graham Elwood. He spent a lot of time overseas doing his act, um, and he has a DVD coming out sometime this year about um, his first trip to Afghanistan and the experience of being a comedian in that environment. But uh, let's join the interview now. There were some technical difficulties, which is a theme of the show, uh, on the day of recording. So we'll just jump in mid-conversation. Take it away. Like day-to-day stuff. Now it's recording. Now it's recording? Or was (laughs) it before? No. Yeah, this is a little weird. Okay, well, yeah. Comedy film nerds. Every day you guys meet and work on it. Uh, not every day, once a week. Oh, okay. Because of our schedules, we, you know, but we both uh, put a lot of time in on our own. Uh, you know, I travel a lot on the road and uh, performing a fair amount, some of it with uh, Doug Benson. So, like, when I'm on the road, I can do some work on the site mm. and I'll see movies. Like, I just saw Defiance and I'm going to write a review on it. How was it? That's good. You know, it's uh, it's got a lot of action and stuff like that. So, which kind of... Sometimes I think maybe makes the Oscar people shy away. Yeah, they they kind of like to stick to drama and like not not really anything but drama. Like if it can't mm-hmm. have drama dash something, it's not really yeah like Oscar worthy or any kind of award worthy. Speaking of action, I'm sorry, but I have to mention this to somebody else who's kind of a film nerd. Do you remember that movie back in the '90s, Escape to Witch Mountain? Yes. <laughs> Have you seen the posters for the remake they're doing? No. It's They're doing a remake with The Rock, and it's now called Race to Witch Mountain. And it's like the, the mountain in the background, there's The Rock kind of behind the mountain, and there's an explosion and like a car driving towards it. <laughs> well, that sounds like a phenomenal race. What's, what's surprising to me is like, I've seen posters for it, but on the drive here specifically, I saw six billboards on the freeway for this movie. And it was just like like oh my god. I don't I don't know why. Just the fact that that got greenlit kind of just made me a little sad. Uh, three words. Sign me up. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm the rock going to Witch Mountain. Come on. How could that be bad? I will admit if you guys ever need like a, a nerd on your site to write about really shitty movies, that's totally <laughs> totally my bag. I think the last I saw a doubt, but the movie I saw before that was Four Christmases, so <laughs> I saw Four Christmases and uh, I'll say that I, I just I like Vince Vaughn for whatever reason. I know he does basically the same thing in every every film, but I, I like it. He makes me laugh. And I like Reese Witherspoon. I wish the whole movie would have just been them doing fun things together without their family showing how great it is. Yeah. You know, like, that yeah. was hilarious. When they were in the dance scene, the dance class, and... The, oh, yeah, yeah, with Steve Byrne, and he yeah. was, like, the other... Yeah, 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 no, they were... that. I, I did, like, the beginning of it, too. I think the, the second half, it was still funny. I think what was weird is that the second half, I was more blown away by, like who they got to be in this movie, you know, like, who the family members mm-hmm. were, because there were some big people, Yeah. like, as the the family, like, the secondary characters, and I was kind of like, wow. Yeah, how did they get crazy. Sissy Spacek <laughs> and Robert Duvall? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what my, my dad was tripping on, Robert Duvall. He was just, he was, his mind was blown. Yeah. I tried to blow their mind, because, like, I had met Steve Byrne when I used to work at the improv. I was like, hey, I know that guy. He's really cool. And they're like, oh. You don't know Robert Duvall. I was like, no. I don't. No, Duvall don't. never came into the improv. <laughs> he never stopped by one night and just did just a, chilled. Did a guest spot. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not exactly his scene. 
Well, did you see the Vince Vaughn the tour movie he did? I no. wanted to see it kind of, but I didn't get to see it. Like now that all these tour movies are out, like I kind of want to compare them all together. Like I've seen Comedians of Comedy, I've seen Tourgasm, and like there's a bunch more of them coming out. It seems so mm-hmm. exciting new movies. Yeah, I mean the, the comedy has definitely in the last couple of years sort of had a little bit of a resurgence, which I like. Yeah, and because of the internet now too, you can really. Every comedian can sort of seek out their niche audience. Yeah. And uh, I think that's really good because, you know, broadness, trying to appeal to everybody never works. Yeah, which is why I really do like ComedyFilmNerds.com because I I have been a comedy film nerd. And, like, I went to the show you guys did at UCB oh, right on. when it started. Yeah, and it was... It was nice to see there's a bunch of us. Like, yeah. <laughs> though I don't think I'm nearly as nerdy as, like, you or, like, Doug Benson. You guys are crazy. I've been to a bunch of the I Love movies, and it's... Like, every time I go, I find it really funny, but I have no idea who, like, 80% of the people you're talking about are. It might be an age gap, too. It might just be, like, 10 years where I just didn't see a lot of these people. <laughs> well, you know what you do? And uh, this is what I did was when I was a kid in, like, the 80s, I went to my local video store and I watched all of the movies from the 70s. Mm. I remember watching, I rented like five Dustin Hoffman movies in a row. Mm. And ones that you hadn't heard about, <laughs> like Straight Time oh. or uh, Straight Time is a great movie. He plays an ex-con. Yeah, we, we actually screened that as, uh, for one of my film classes. I had never mm-hmm. heard of it, but it was good. And now with Netflix, I'm telling you, yeah, just see, go I have, through. I have Netflix, and I have all those movies that I want to see and that I should see, but I just keep watching TV from the 80s. Like, I keep getting these, like, <laughs> every time a new DVD box set comes out, like, I'm on that. And so what did you think of Doubt? You wrote an article about it, but it kind of seemed to be, like... Like what? What were your personal feelings on it? Your- My personal feelings on it. And I was trying to get this across in the in the in the review, but I mean, our reviews obviously are. You know, we're we're always going for the joke, in our reviews, but we also want to give a concise opinion on it. And I don't know that I'm even though I cr- helped create the site. <laughs> I don't know that I'm the best reviewer because <laughs> I can so like go back and forth. And overall, I loved out. Overall, <laughs> I thought. You know, it's I like that playwright. I like all those actors, but it the thing that 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 kind of would take me out of it a little bit was just it's so much like a stage play. Yeah, you know, and there's so many like scenes of two people in a room with giant slabs of dialogue. Yeah, you know? yeah, like and that. To me, like as someone that's done plays and studied theater, yeah, like, I, you can kind of spot that, yeah, yeah, a mile away, and that sort of like makes me go, well, you know, it's an interesting story, but I, I think there's a better way. Like to, the adaptation wasn't there exactly. Kind yeah, of. it's just hard to it's it's hard to adapt, you know, stage plays because yeah. it's just they're two totally different mediums. Yeah, you know, and and the stage is all about. The written word. Yeah. It's a playwright's medium. Yeah. And film is a director's medium. And so, you know, and John Patrick Shanley, you know, wrote the play and then... And then did the ...adapted movie. it and yeah. directed it. And so, I'm not saying he didn't do a good job. And again, overall, like the film, I'm saying it had it been given completely in the hands of a, of a filmmaker, they maybe could have make it seem a little less stage... Play. Yeah, I definitely thought that the 
like they do this in movies, but the way they didn't address certain things, I don't want to ruin it for anyone that's listening, but the way they didn't address certain things was very theater-esque for some reason. Mm Because, like, you knew it was there, and at the very end they point out through words, like, you still don't know, you know what I mean? And that's how they usually do it. Like, now I really want to see the play because I've been hearing so much about it, but I don't know if they're, where they're going to be putting it on, if they're going to put it on. But one thing that I thought was cool when I saw Doubt was afterwards, everyone had something different to say about it, depending on their own experiences, like, either having been in school or having been, like, altar boys or anything. Like, they kind of... It gives them something to talk about. It's kind well, of yeah, like, that's the thing, because, like, you know, I... You know, I was raised Catholic, but I never went to Catholic school, and my parents kind of yanked me out of the Catholic <laughs> Church when after they got divorced or whatever. So I, 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 I'm familiar with it, but I didn't live it. So it, it definitely... The subject matter, um, you know touches is, is going to like personally touch a lot of people's buttons yeah. I think yeah. which I think is a good thing and I think that's what he's going for yeah, yeah. and he's definitely trying to show like man those priests back then had so much power yeah you know and and I mean it's just demonstrated in the two scenes between the nuns having dinner and the priests having yeah, dinner you yeah. know and he really illustrated that well which is great and again that's that's not a stage play thing. Yeah. That's a that's what that's you do film in film. Thing. That's yeah. what you do in film and why why it, it's great. The other thing too <clears throat> uh, that for me why again I liked it why it wasn't this like total home run for me was I had just seen Milk and Frost Nixon. Mm. And both of those I thought like Milk I think Sean Penn is amazing in it. I think he's just amazing. Yeah. And both of those are, are depicting true stories, so the way they covered it, and I think Frank Langella did, for me, the best Nixon, uh, the best actor to cover Nixon that I've ever seen, you know what I mean? And and so those were, like, really, really gripping stories, and they, especially, well, Frost Nixon was, you know, a movie about a TV interview. Yeah. So it really, like... Fell right into the to the wheelhouse of that genre, where again, not to beat the dead horse, but the, <laughs> but you know, it's a little it's a little square peg round hole when you go stage play into yeah. film sometimes. Have you seen Benjamin Button? Yeah. What did you think of that? Because that's the one thing that I haven't seen it personally, but I've been talking to a lot of people, and the one thing they say is that the way it's written is kind of what holds it back. Like people who don't like it, it's because of the like the long the long dialogue scenes that don't really fully connect like for as long as they are kind of thing like how did you feel here's what I'd say about Benjamin Button I understand why there's people who might not like it yeah I personally loved it yeah you know and and some people who compare it like oh it's just like Forrest Gump well I think that's a good thing I like Forrest Gump a lot some people were like ah it was stupid I loved it to me you know while I am a film nerd and I can cite, you know, obscure independent films, I like big Hollywood movies. Yeah. And both Button and, you know, Forrest Gump are big Hollywood movies. And, and you know, it's only similar to Forrest Gump in a, in a small regard in that it's this sort of fantastical tale that takes you through history. Yeah. Um, 
but I, you know, I, I don't know. I really loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was great, and I liked both those actors a lot, and I liked all the supporting actors. Yeah. And uh, I didn't mind that it took its time. Yeah. See, I'm waiting for it to come out on dollar theater so that I can afford to go see it. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's the one thing that like they always they keep saying that like it's just like Forrest Gump. Like there's all these characters you don't need and stuff. But I kind of think that's one of the beauties of cinema is that you can tell so many stories and take so many turns through the medium that you couldn't do in other Well, places. here's the thing. Here's 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 why I will argue why having a lot of different characters that you supposedly don't need, why I argue for that. Take a movie like Into the Wild. Mm. Okay? Now, nobody argued that that's too much like Forrest Gump because yeah. it's a true story. Yeah. But this kid <laughs> went through, I mean, a lot of crazy stuff and yeah. traveled all over the place. And when you travel, as someone who travels myself, like... And, I, and I'm also sort of using this as a segue to get into why I loved Into the Wild. <laughs> but, but why Into the Wild was a great movie and it is a great story is he went through all these things. And when you travel like that, especially in, the, in this sort of bizarre, sort of yeah. off, you know, off the normal way of traveling, you meet all these characters. Like yeah. I loved Vince Vaughn's character in Into the Wild and all of the little people like Zach had that... Exactly. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah, said yeah. that that guy that was really good at smoking meats or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, like, and all the people you meet along the way, and how Holbrook's character was so amazing, mm. and you know Benjamin Button. While it's not, you know, it's obviously it's fiction. They're taking a, somebody's like life story a little bit and yeah. making it really fan, fantastic, which yeah. is great. But I think to me that's like that's why I liked it, and I, because I, I don't know, maybe me personally. You know, I've been a stand-up comedian since I was 18. Uh, I've never had a real job. Mm. I grew up in the Midwest, which is a sort of traditional, and I went to college in Arizona mm. and, you know, started single and was in a comedy group, and I've been to the Middle East, I've been to war zones, I've been to the jungle, I've traveled a lot to surf and met all these crazy people, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, if, if, if you were to tell that story, you know, 30, 40 years from now or whatever the story of any sort of traveling comedian would be kind of crazy because you meet all these characters along the way. So that, to me, what is enriching, enriches the story. And, you know, I know it's sort of standard screenwriter 101. Every scene has to either give, you know, character description, exposition, or move the story along. And, you know, if they take their time in doing that, I think it, I don't know, it painted the complete picture of this this uh, fantasy story. I don't know. I really liked it. I really, I really, I like stories that have all these unique characters, you know, because that's what, what colors in. I do feel like the hardest part of watching film can sometimes be like in the beginning of a film when there's something that might turn you off, like just a little bit, like maybe once the first scene goes on too long or you don't get something for a lot of people, it's hard for them to then, let themselves just get enveloped in the film. Like, they want to just say, like, okay, well, I already don't like this. And, like, especially since Benjamin Button's, what, like, almost three hours long? Like, if somebody gets turned off somewhere there, they're just going to, like, not want to get into it. And it's like... No, I get that. I get that. I mean, uh, my Valkyrie review on comedy Mm -hmm. film nerds, uh, I... I just had a hard time getting past the no accent thing. Yeah. That's why I didn't want to see it. I saw clips of it online, and it was just, like... It was too... It wasn't even, like, a suspension of belief. It was just, like, just pretend that they're real. Like, like, 
that's that's one of the most basic things that like the actors and the people in charge should be able to do for you and they just didn't do it especially when you go go watch defiance Mm -hmm. you know defiance you are never once going what why really why would they have an english accent no they're speaking russian uh with subtitles and because they're in they're in uh belarusia which i'm i don't know what country that is today but uh that's obviously eastern europe Mm -hmm. um and they uh uh you know, and then and then when they're speaking, you know, the majority of the movie they're speaking with each other with accents, with Eastern European accents. Yeah. And so never once, and they had Russian actors and German actors, and then Lev Shriver and and uh, uh, Daniel Craig did a great job yeah. of really conveying that. And Valkyrie, again, I like all the actors. Mm-hmm. I like Tom Cruise. I'm not one of these. Oh, I hate Tom Cruise. He's a yeah. wingbird Scientologist. You know, whatever, man. If that's his deal. That's his deal. I don't care. Um, not that Scientologists aren't nuts, but, um, you know, and, and all of those English actors I like, I, (laughs) you know, I lived in Germany for a year and I don't know why they just couldn't do that. Like it's just, it just, and it's a great story because I, I didn't know the details of the assassination plot yeah. on Hitler. I didn't yeah. know that. I know all the stuff about the coup and the plan, how, you know, once Hitler's dead, we're going to put all this stuff in place and take over the SS and all that. I didn't know all that. It's a fascinating <laughs> story. And, but I just, and the other thing too, like I have like a, a little like goodwill hunting in me with regard to the fact that we in America just oh the English actors are so much better yeah you know, like yeah, I just yeah. I'm, I don't buy it yeah you know they're good but they're not and and you know like that, there's like this history of like British actors being chameleons when it comes to like like they have like their accent is more like based than ours so they can do anything that they want like and why does why does their <laughs> accent can, can we totally accept that the English accent can fill in for any Italian German any European like. Everyone's like, oh, that series Rome on HBO. I was like, I'm not watching a bunch of Brits go, Adam, I'm fighting for Caesar. Like, no one, they never, you know. They, they didn't do accents in Rome either? You know, they, oh. No, they didn't have English accents. It's weird. The Romans oh. actually came and conquered England. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what, and it makes me mad. Like, and it, it, it makes me mad too. Like, there's all these, like, TV actors, and they're good actors, and yeah. they're, they're, they're shows, but they're, Everyone's in love with the Brits. It's like when Americans are like, oh, he must be smarter because he has an English accent. Yeah. You know, oh, he must be. And, and then, I don't know. Like I said, it's it's my it's my, my blue-collar, <laughs> like, goodwill hunting thing in me that just, like, it's it's why just because a comedian or a comedic writer who's from Harvard is, is shouldn't automatically be revered. Yeah. They have to earn it. And, and people, and, and, if, and you say, oh, this person's, if... if, if if a Harvard or Ivy League comedian were to get on stage without being inter- uh, brought up that way, and, mm. and someone didn't tell you, you'd go, okay, this is someone who went to college, good for them, but it doesn't, you know, yeah. Todd Glass, you know, flunked out of high school, <laughs> and he's funnier than just about any kid from, from Harvard or yeah. someone with an English accent. Yeah. I don't know. The English accent thing just makes me like, think of, like, it's one of those remnants of, like, we don't... I don't know. Like, there's... A lot of different ways that we still think the British are so much better than us. Yeah. And it's been how many years since we became our own country and everything well, like that. But well, and, like, 
you know, during the, the, you know, the Bush eight years, which is thankfully ending soon, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, the Brits were so, I, I travel to England a lot, and they were so quick to, to criticize America, which, okay, we had, we kind of earned it the last eight years, but I was like, the Brits are criticizing <laughs> us? Oh, the American Empire was like, oh, yeah. It's true. Boy. Like, even, even though they were involved with a lot of the stuff that we did that was, like, you know, no, really wait, stupid. Wait, wait, even... Forget that. <laughs> Forget Tony Blair and George Bush being buddies. Look at their history. Yeah. Look at, uh, I don't know, India? Like, uh, Gandhi? You know what I mean? The yeah. Winston Churchill, who was I thought was a great man, was just flat out wrong when it came to India. And was like, you know, they're evil and wrong. Yeah. They're going to crush Gandhi. And, oh, I don't know, ask some people in Ireland what their opinion of the English Empire and is. And I remember when, like, a lot of this was going on, they kept saying stuff like, like, George Bush doesn't know his history. Like, he should have, like, researched it more. But still, nobody kind of thought back, like, well, you know, he's not the first one to mess up this way. Like, they were automatically just like, it's already been done. So you're stupider for doing it again. Like, it's it happened for a reason back then. So obviously it happened for a reason well, now. Not, not well, your right history then. Okay, you want to talk history in the Middle East? How about... Uh, it was England who came in after <laughs> World War One and carved up all these countries, carved off Kuwait from Iraq... You know the Israel and Palestine, the Gaza Strip. They they did they determined <laughs> English generals determined all that, and now here we are because the Brits just in their imperial arrogance just came through and you know cheerio mates. These are what the mud people how they're gonna live, you know, and cut up. And now there's all this fighting. Like I don't know. We're just we're we're not a liked nation. It seems like we haven't been liked for a long time, and this was just another excuse to make America, like, kind of the bad guy. And I'm not saying we haven't made mistakes. Like, we've made mistakes. But in these last eight years, we were, like, definitely demonized, perhaps more than we should have been. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, here's the thing. Like, yes, America has done a lot of dumb things. The American people, by and large, can be pretty dumb. But you know what? The whole when I hear like Europeans, like Western Europeans, talk oh, about big bad America, yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> you guys started slavery, you know? And and let's just look at let's just look at Western Europe's lineage in the Middle East, you know, or throughout the world. Literally, like the French were so opposed to us going into Iraq. The main one of the main reasons they had an oil deal with Saddam <laughs> that was going to be null and void. They weren't all this peace-loving Frenchies. Yeah. And I mean, this is the French government that backed the Hutus and the Rwandan genocide. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> don't sit there and, like, look your nose down. And honestly, everyone in the industrialized world is culpable. Yeah. Because we all drive cars. I mean, we're talking on a piece of uh, electronics that is created yeah. with, with, you know, petrochemicals. Yeah. Like, we're all... Like, everybody, even if you're trying to be green, or even if you're trying to do your part, you're still... Like, the way our society's set up, you got to hurt people, and you got to hurt things. Like, yeah. you can do your best to, like, reduce that, but everybody kind of has to screw somebody else. And, like, that's just how right. it is, unless we went total anarchy and just blew everything up and started from scratch. Oh, yeah, we just but, everybody lived on a commune or whatever, yeah. you know, with compostable <laughs> toilets or whatever. Like, I don't, I'm pretty sure Europe's not living that way. Everything's owned <laughs> and everything is bought and sold by people, so everybody has a hand in it. Like, yeah. I don't know, but, like, one of the reasons that are probably around here people still think, like, most people, when you ask them, like, where do they get their news? Like, if they're, like, well, like, if they're known to be intellectuals, usually they're kind of like, oh, well, I read the BBC. Like, that's... That's where we find out what America did. But then you can't find out 
Like, because they still have their own biases. Like, people read international newspapers because they don't want their their country's bias. But whoever's writing it still has a bias. Sure. And, like, yeah. so you still don't get the full story unless you read everything. And then that's just... Then you can't do anything else. And it's, like... You have to find a balance between, like, being politically correct and, like, living your life. Yeah. Because you can't do both fully. Yeah. <laughs> but so you... But you've actually you've been to Iraq and Afghanistan and the whole Middle Eastern region to do... Um, you're, you did a new DVD that's called Afghanistan. Yeah, it's actually a feature-length documentary okay. that um, it's not in a DVD yet. It's okay. uh, we're just trying to we're trying to sell it. We're trying to get distribution for it, and it's more of a uh, behind the scenes. The first DVD I did was just me doing stand up over there. It's Graham Elwood live from Afghanistan, mm-hmm. um, and that's just like a concert video sh- yeah. shot on location, and it's got you know military specific material in it and stuff like that. Uh, the Afghanistan, which is coming out later this year, is the first tour I went on in, uh, in Afghanistan where I kind of flipped out because I like, uh, had never been in a war zone. And like, when did what year did you go to Afghanistan? The first time was two thousand and four. Oh, it was so, right before the election. Yeah. It was August of two thousand and four, uh, and you know, I had never even done. I mean, I I hadn't even done USO tours in, yeah. like, Japan and Guam like a lot of other comics have yeah. done or Bosnia or whatever. I'd d- never done any of it. So, you know, you, I was dropped in there and just was, like, you know, jet-lagged and freaked out and tired mm-hmm. and dirty and, and was, like, you know... The, my first show, they were like, "Oh, it's it's at six o'clock, and it's we're right near Pakistan, where they they shoot rockets at our base. We call it Rocket O'clock, you know." And I was just like, "What?" <laughs> and uh, I kind of flipped out. And so this Afghanistan is really about the you know what being in a war zone is like through the eyes of a comedian, yeah, you know? and uh, like someone not prepared, not prepared, in any way. <laughs> not prepared at all in any way, and just flipped out. And and how I had to deal with it like the first couple shows I did over there I, they went okay like yeah. I couldn't even relate yeah. to the soldiers and stuff like that and and so um, you know and I and, and then I started to kind of cope with everything uh, and it's also it was just me and a camcorder mm. you know and so it's just me turning the camera to myself talking like what the fuck is going on nah. you know it's and funny then, like some people have seen it and, and, and the response has been pretty good but some people are like you know you should have gotten better shots and should have nah. had a camera crew I'm like camera crew I went to Afghanistan it wasn't some fucking stupid reality show you know where I could have four guys following me around I think that's one of the things like whenever I talk to comedians who are going overseas or went overseas like there's a level it's like when I hear that I have a level of respect and then also a level of like almost scared because I'm like <laughs> Because it's just, like, the I, the idea of it, like, war is one of those things that, like, I know exists, I know has to happen. Like, whoever caused it negative, whoever has to be there, good for you. Like, like power to you. you. Like, whoever's there, power to them, everyone. But it's something that I don't think I could ever see myself. I think it's one of those things that if I ever had to do that... Yeah. I I would just freak out beyond belief. Like you seem normal. I would not. I would not be normal right now. <laughs> I would just be gone. Like like how is that? Because everybody who's there, the soldiers and stuff, they're all normal people. But they did at least have training. But how is it to go into that place and like just be a person around it? That is, you know, that's what the the documentary Afghanistan explores. Because I was literally just picked up. 
And, you know, there's, there's me shooting footage in the documentary. The movie starts out and I'm like in California, you know, I'm like sitting on the beach and my buddy's interviewing me like, what do you think? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, and I, I look back now and I sound like this sort of naive kid. Yeah. Um, but it, it that that that's what the movie. I mean, that's what it was. It was so crazy because it, it is such a different world. And I think you know w- what you just said about how you feel about it and war, and you know you respect the people who are over there. But it just seems so crazy to you. I think that's how most Americans are. Yeah. And that's kind of what I hope this film does is kind of you know the people I've screened it to have all said, "Wow, I've I've learned more about Afghanistan than I've ever seen on the news." Yeah. You know, and that's what I want to do. Just show people like this is experience. It's not. I'm not trying to go in there with some political angle. It's not Fahrenheit 9-11, nor is it some like, you know, Fox News. Like yeah. it's not it's it's just me and obviously my opinions and, and politics are gonna shade the movie. I mean yeah. there's no two ways about it. You just whether I'm trying to or not, it's gonna influence the movie. But but um it's just trying to show like this is what I went through and, and, and that was the craziest thing being a civilian in that environment yeah. where you know you're wearing body armor and you know you're wearing body armor for a reason yeah it's to prevent bullets yeah. going into your heart you know and 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 it's so for real over there it's it's you know it's life or death it's you know soldiers are like locking and loading you know yeah. and and you know, it's, it's, don't go over there. There's mines. Mm. Like, you, you'll blow up. How did, so how did the soldiers, like, treat you? Because, like, as a, as a civilian, they know that you don't know everything about the area. And so, like, that's every place you went. Like, how did they, how did they respond to you coming there? How did they respond to that? Well, it's, it, it's interesting, <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, their first reaction is, uh, who's this civilian? Like, this is some idiot civilian that's going to yeah. get in my way because they are, you know, they're like, oh, they're untrained. They don't know what they're doing. They're going to flip out, you know, like. Just like flailing around the like, oh. Yeah, like just some moron. <laughs> and then when they find out you're the comedian, they're always like, oh, that's awesome, you know, for the most part. But you go to some of these small bases where they're really, you know, sort of, they have that, what's called that thousand yard stare. And mm. Some of them are just like, this, the hardcore bases that when it's the they see a lot of combat and there's it's mostly infantry yeah. guys who see combat. You can tell the difference between like someone who's in a support position and someone yeah. who's in combat. And sometimes the combat guys in those small bases just you're an outsider as far as they're concerned. Yeah, and I totally get that, and I and I and I respect it. I mean, um, and I'm sure part of it might also be just that like you can't take your mind off what's going on. Like in that in that with that job, I mean, where you're going on patrol every day, yeah, and at any moment it could go down for you. Like they can't think about anything else. That's it. That's the yeah. mission. That's the guys in my unit, and that's it. Yeah, you know, and. Uh, and that is sort of that just seeing being around people like that and that frame of mind as a civilian, especially a, a civilian who's in show business. Like yeah. show business is this like ridiculous yeah. like, amusement park life. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? It's I love it, but it's 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 not realistic. And yeah. then to see people who are like that focused all the time on everything, you know, it's 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 uh that's sort of impressive. Yeah. And also sort of like sobering a little bit and and also kind of humbling yeah you know because you 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 know you're just going over there like oh i'm gonna do my little joke for the <laughs> troops and then there's these guys who are like hardcore you know there's a guy you know in in my documentary who's like um you know he said 
you know, I normally, I, I don't think I'll be able to make your guy show. He picked us up from the, where the helicopter landed, which they call the flight line. And he goes, I, cause I normally go hunting that time of night. Mm. And, and we we're like, we knew what he meant. We we're like hunting yeah. what? And he's like, you know, yeah. who do you think? <laughs> and that's, you know, his job. But, but then overall the response to, I, this is a long answer to your question, but overall <laughs> the response to being a civilian comedian is they're really excited and they're really jacked that you're there. And that is sort of, it, that is, is, is what's rewarding about these trips and also what is sort of humbling because they're always thanking you and stuff and you're like, yeah. I just came over here for 10 days to tell <laughs> dick jokes and you're here for a year. Yeah. And and uh, and then they also, they and I talk about this in my act and in the documentary, then they, they also mess with you when you're a civilian. Like yeah. They say stuff to make it seem more scary than it is yeah. and everything like that. So that's that's kind of cool. You know, I, I mean, the, the whole experience is, is, is amazing. But the first time you go, and it was... Interesting, this last time I went in uh, September and October of 2008, I went with Scott Kennedy and Howie Knave. Mm-hmm. And Scott Kennedy is a guy that goes every month. And Howie Knave, is, is, both those guys are good friends of mine. And Howie is the is the the manager and the house MC at the uh, Improv in Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. It was his first time. Oh. So it was kind of interesting for Scott and I to watch a guy go through it for the first time. Yeah. And just be like totally like blown <laughs> away and seeing women walk in burkas and... And here, the the you know the five o'clock prayer being over the loudspeaker through with the, the village. Yeah, because you guys aren't like secluded in your own area. Like you're with like they take you wherever they're going to take you, kind of right. Yeah, like I just... mean, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you don't really get off the base as much. Yeah. But just because they don't want to take the risk, you know, yeah. they don't want to be like we're the guys that got the comics killed. Like, um, uh. But, you know, you're there. We're at this little base right on the Jordan border with a bunch of Marines. And, you know, we heard the noon prayer coming over the loudspeaker. And you hear everybody doing, you know, and you are in a Muslim country. You're in a completely different world. Instead of seeing churches everywhere, you see mosques everywhere and women covered up and the whole day. And it's, it's, a, it's a shock. That's a culture shock. The military lifestyle, everyone's got a gun, is a culture shock. I mean, it's, it's I could go on for hours. But I think definitely, though, the one thing that... I think I respect most about comedians, like specifically comedians that go and perform across the borders is because to me that seems like one of the major values that like they're fighting for. You know, like we, we're a country that can do this. We can have like whole cities dedicated to producing things that you watch that are on TV to sell things. Like the whole idea of it is just so like American. Like that's yeah. what we do, you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is. It is. Like, that's... We should just be honest. Like that's that's what we're known for. Yeah. Like you guys are there showing them, representing like one thing that they're fighting for. You know, it's and it's, it's kind of cool that way. I never. Yeah, I like the way you put the you put that in the in the, in the nice words because it, it is true because um, we are one of the few countries that sends entertainers out to its military. Yeah. And one of the reasons is because of what you just said. Like, that's what we do. I mean, we're, you know, we're big, dumb, fun-loving Americans, you know, <laughs> that like roller coasters and TV shows. And <laughs> and even if you're in the heart of battle, you still like that stuff. Yeah. That's why, like, doesn't, doesn't Microsoft send Xbox to them? Like, they have oh, time yeah. those kind of things. Yeah. Like, we need our stuff. Yeah. We need to know that it's there. <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, you know, in doing these tours you know I come back and some, and I've always come back and sort of on the one hand been like oh show business is so frivolous and stupid you know I was just over there where it's third world country and these people don't have much and the soldiers are putting it all on the line but then you're also like yeah 
<laughs> I like you know when I usually come back from there like and I and, and in the last four years of doing these I've done five total now I can't see as many gory movies anymore mm. I really like when I especially right when I get back from there I usually see just really frivolous like some yeah. romantic comedy like some well avoid Race to Witch Mountain it's supposed to be bloody <laughs> So you know. <laughs> Alright, I don't want I'm sure it'll just freak I'm sure it'll freak me out. The rock will freak me out when he's racing the witch moon. Oh yay. We actually have gone almost like forty minutes, so yay. Alright. Um I guess the last question I have is like, do you think that after doing these tours for you said like four years, um I'm sure that there's some material you do there that's like more specifically for the bases and stuff. But do you think how much of that do you think has leaked into like the stuff you do when you when you just go touring, like with Doug Benson, or like when some, you go some to of it has, you know. There's there's a whole, you know. I talk about it in my act now when I'm on the road. Like yeah. I was just working the funny business in Bloomington, Indiana, and I yeah. talk about it in my act every night. But you know, I talk about it in my act every night for about five minutes, and when I'm over there, I'll probably do fifteen to twenty minutes of, of material over there. And I yeah. kind of like the fact that there's material that's only for them over there like I've had some soldiers who actually came and saw me in Bloomington who had seen me in Afghanistan mm. and this one soldier her name is uh, Holly Sergeant Holly Chapman and we call her Whiskey and she was <laughs> like well there was Sergeant Gibbons and uh, if they're listening Gibby Holly uh, uh, and she saw me she goes man you, you know I was hoping you would do some of these other jokes and I said that's just for you guys and in the combat zone like I keep that that's just special and I kind of like that I kind of like that that this is only for you guys who have decided to sign up to go over there so well I'm glad to see you have so many endeavors and so many (laughs) putting so much into all of them great great talking to you and looking forward to your next review yeah go to comedyfilmers.com it'll be up probably the next day or two I don't know when this will go up but I'm going to have my next review will be Defiance okay it'll probably be up by the time this goes on. Sweet. Yay.